I thought that was the whole thing. Yeah, that's probably the entire article. It's just that he's like, SpaceX begins at 160 miles from the Earth, and he only went 158. So he was in the upper ionosphere, or whatever the farthest reach of the atmosphere is. Technically, the Earth's in space. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you define it. If you are off of the Earth, you're in space. Well, good thing we're a definition-heavy podcast. Wait, is that... Is that big on definitions? Is... Virtue's hair really that long right now? Yeah, it probably is. Whoa. Wait, what are you looking at? Welcome to uh, <laughs> episode 55 of Off the Crossbar. I was, I, uh... A Ray also like podcast. I'm so happy that I saw Kyle's face as he realized, oh shoot, we're recording. And then he looked immediately to see how long we've been recording. Yeah, I think I, that, a dedicated that, listener. That's exactly what I did. I just was like, I had no, I always think of him by his, um, his extremely youthful uh, Twitter picture. But apparently his hair is extremely long and I like it. I just had no where idea. You, where are you he saying it? Just a video of himself playing bass. Hmm. You, you might say bass? that he has long COVID hair. Wait, that is Virtue really? in that video, yeah. I was going to say, I saw him pre-COVID and his hair was, I mean, it looks like it does in his profile. Yeah, wow. It's long. It looks good. Anywho. Hello. Oh, wow. I see. Yeah, you're not joking. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that what I was rules. talking about. I know, it's great. I just was extremely caught off guard. Virtual, I if you're listening, I need you to tell me what kind of bass you have and give me recommendations on if I should buy a bass like yours because I'm buying a bass soon and I'm learning to play bass. Oh, you know what I really want is a Chapman my... stick. Oh, which is yeah, like a Chapman the stick. Coolest electronic instrument. They're not the coolest, but they're they're, they're, they're they're up there. They're really cool. They're like $5,000 though for a yeah, they're, no, they're for not an cheap entry level one. <laughs> and I'm uh one not a professional musician. Uh two not a very good musician. In fact, I'd say probably bad. But I'm with you. I'd also like a bass. Yeah, I I'd Chapman Sycamore. Didn't know he was a bass guy. I'm learning all these things right now. Didn't know his hair was that long. Whew, whoa. Anyway. We could, uh, we could do a... Kyle, if you got a bass too, we could do the, the Seinfeld theme in like a trio. <laughs> That's right. That'd be great. Off the Off the crossbar bass trio. Brought to you by. Um, oh, we need a sponsor now. Philadelphia 76ers and Paris Blitzer Sports. <laughs> okay. Man. Man. Wow. Anyway. Hello. Hello. Hey, Kyle, you know what time it is. It's social hour time. Um, what's been going on? Let's see. What's today? Today's, today's Tuesday. We're recording this. Well, what, what happened over the weekend? So the weekend. Um, Socially, let's see. Oh, went and played soccer with the RSL show pickup uh, organization conglomerate. And it was good. It was smoky, but it was fun. And, um, but the, the goals that we played on last time were taken away. So I went on a bit of a Twitter rant about that. Um, Cause it's, it's annoying. It's uh, here's the situation is that, Clubs all over this, I guess just all over, but specifically within this county and state, like lease these city or county fields to have their goals on or whatever. 
and practice and play on. But then during the summer, which is the off season, they just like chain the goals up still on the field, but just like chained away in like a corner or something. And I think it's ridiculous. Like they should have to leave the goals there, but you know, that's just my take. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I used to be, um, there's a dude in like Highland that puts together like an adult co-ed league, um, every spring, summer, fall. So, sometime of the year yeah puts together a league and he puts the schedule together puts the teams together you basically just sign up and if you have any friends you say i want to be on these guys team and he just puts you on a team and you just go every saturday mm-hmm. morning it's a lot of fun i did it for like two or three years um but yeah like the last year i did it like every field that we would use that usually has goals they would all be chained up so we'd get there and then we just couldn't play yeah because all the goals are just chained together or they just wouldn't have nets was the other thing. The league, yeah. the city or the club, whatever, would just have nets that they would put up on the goals and we wouldn't have them. So, yeah, it was, yeah. it's a mess. It's the dumbest thing in the world. It I don't understand so why dumb. the city doesn't just like have goals on a soccer yeah. field. And like the fields are like lined out. It's not like they need them for like football or soccer or lacrosse or anything. Like They're just sitting there all summer. Just they empty. They have lines the lines are maintained and the goals are chained together either (laughs) like half field or like off to the side. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why that's a thing. Why the city can't just have the goals and maintain the goals and just be like part of their park. Yeah, exactly. Like just like a basketball hoop or a playground, like cities should just own the goals. Like I shouldn't like, I don't have any problem with clubs leasing the fields and like having, their designated time on the fields i guess like during their seasons but it's like i i mean if there were teams if there were like basketball teams that did that for basketball courts and then the off season they just put a little shield over the hoop or something i would be (laughs) like what yeah yeah so like cities to just own their own goals (laughs) like and then they can lease the goals too which i uh yeah anyway so that was that got me on like a whole thing I was thinking because I mean the grass is like mowed and like watered all summer too and it's just a big we have just these gigantic fields everywhere there's one over here in uh, South Jordan where like um, yeah it's a it was a great place to just go kick around in the evenings like after all the practices and games were done or whatever or like on a Sunday when there was nothing really going on but then as soon as it's summertime it's just boom I've just disappeared. It's really weird. Yeah. They're just like, and then it, it looks weird. Cause it's just, it's just this gigantic grass field with like nothing on it. <laughs> yeah. But still like even, well, I don't know about the park you're talking about, but a lot of the parks that like we went to, like I said, they have like painted lines or they have where they like burn the line into the ground yeah. basically. So there's like no grass growing where the lines are. Yeah. I'm sure like but over they still, here, like, chain up the goals and it's like, wh- why yeah. would you have a field that is a soccer field, obviously yeah. maintained as one and then let somebody just take the goals and be like, nope, I you can't know. play on this obvious soccer field. It's so weird. Yeah. That's how it is over here. I don't think they paint it during the off season. So the lines are probably about gone now because they mow and whatever else but and that just speaks to the fact that they're actually actively maintaining the grass itself but anyway still so uh yeah that was something i was thinking about all weekend (laughs) for some reason i mean it was like because of that game but i was just like wow this is really weird like it really got to me over the weekend it's like i just don't understand but anyway um yeah so did played played soccer on uh, sunday morning watched 
uh, watched the Copa America on Saturday evening with some friends. That was great. On Sunday, watched uh, the Euro final at home, and it was fantastic. Uh, fantastic. And Trevor, our, uh, the motherland won, so we'd mm-hmm. love to see that. Sure did. Um, my Italian family was very happy, and that game was absolutely insane. And um, I'm sorry, Matthew, that it had to be Bukayo Saka that lost at the yeah. end. Well, that missed. He didn't lose the game at no. all. But. No, Eng- England lost that game Yeah, after like the fifth minute or... Yeah. What minute did they score in? Second. They, they scored, scored in the second, second minute. Yeah, let's go fifth minute. From the fifth minute on, <laughs> they actively worked to lose that game. Yeah. It was... Yeah. I'm sorry. I was very bored during that game. I watched That's it. Fair. I, was I was very bored. tense because I really wanted Italy to score, and it oh, took yeah. quite a while. Um, but yes, England registered one shot on goal after the second minute. So that mean, and it went to penalties. So that means in 118 minutes of play after their goal, right, registered one shot at home at Wembley. So. Yeah. Not good, but I was very pleased to see Italy win. Chiesa is like one of my favorite players now. He's, I mean, he was great for Juventus. Like a lot of people, uh, let's just say that Ronaldo would have a lot more scrutiny about him and his performances the last couple of years if Juventus didn't have Chiesa. So, oh no, he still got. I was going to say lit up. He didn't get lit up, but he there was a lot of Juventus fans <laughs> he did. that. Did not appreciate Ronaldo's yeah. performance. The I don't last think people season. realize though, like how much Chiesa carried them, especially like through parts of Champions League as well. Like where, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, Ronaldo was not a help to that team. He's like, a great player. He was very fun to watch, and I was sad when he got subbed off. But did that? Um, yeah, I think that's it. Just kind of did soccer stuff over the weekend. Watched soccer and hung out and relaxed. It was really smoky. So I didn't like to go outside too much other than to play. Cause I just hadn't played in a while, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Trevor, what did you do over the weekend? Um, let's see. Saturday was video games. That's all I did. That's nice. not exciting. Uh, no, I was, it was video games until the Copa America. Then I watched Copa America. Um, text my buddy who's Argentine, um, at the end. And he was like, what did you say he was like yeah it was a great game i even cried a little and i was like no you cried a lot dude i cried a little like i know how it is (laughs) you definitely cried (laughs) so anyway um so that was a great game uh real happy for Messi. and then sunday i spent pretty much the whole day in wendover um i didn't have my kid this weekend she went with her mom to bear lake and is having a blast or had a blast at bear lake um so I had a weekend to myself. So I went up to Wendover and played poker most of the day, watched the um, England-Italy game while playing poker. So that was fun. Um, won a couple bucks and then came home. There it is. <laughs> came home and then I went to work Monday morning, as you normally do. And it turns out that my boss is on vacation. And before he went on vacation, he forgot to remind me that this whole week I'm spending it in price in a hotel because <laughs> we've got a we've got an install down in a town called Cleveland which exists in Cleveland um, Utah Cleveland huh. Utah which is like 30 minutes south of price Ugh. but it's far enough away that the company puts me up in a hotel but nobody told me about this so I didn't have laundry done I wasn't packed I wasn't prepared for this at all so yesterday was 
I drove up to Salt Lake for work, found out I was driving down to Cleveland, got all the stuff I needed for that, went down, worked for like three hours, and then bailed so that I could drive back to Provo, do my laundry, pack, and then drive back to Price <laughs> to get to the hotel. Jeez. And so I think I got paid for like a 10 or 11 hours yesterday. Oh, that's good. And like eight of that was just driving. <laughs> back and forth because nobody <laughs> thought to tell me that i would need to prepare for it but anyway so yeah oh, so i'm spending this week in price which is could be my least favorite city in utah um you could at you least like, go like to is historic help, helper still kind of like cute and cool oh yeah i mean there, yeah that's the thing there's a lot of like historic cool places around here which is one of the things that i like to do like when i'm in the area is check out the historic stuff mm-hmm. um helper i don't know anything about helper i know i drive through it to get a price it looks like kind of a nothing town it does so look I, like a nothing town but their little like <laughs> historic main street is cute you should like oh, i think it? they've got like a few good restaurants there too i'll check it out on the way back it's too far away for me to like go on a I was gonna say on a day trip. That's not the word I mean. But like <laughs> when I'm done with work, I just want to be done and yeah, stay in the hotel. As boring as that is, but I'm usually exhausted after work. Oh, okay, here we go. Check it out. That's good to know. Here's an article Hi. from uh, 2019. Actually, Helper is becoming an artist spot as newcomers and lifelong residents mm. enjoy the small town quote slow slowness so uh yeah that's one of the things there's a lot of towns around here um my cousin just moved to mount pleasant which is like on the other side of the mountains from here yeah um and mount pleasant apparently is another city like fairview and mount pleasant and a bunch of the little towns around here there's a bunch of artists that over the last like 10 or 15 years have just moved to this part of utah and like opened up studios or whatever just because like it's kind of cheap to live here but it's also really pretty like landscape wise down here and it's close yeah. to a lot of really picturesque places so yeah there's a lot of artists that are moving down to this part of utah all right yeah. Trevor, i've got some ideas for you yeah having done some research on cleveland utah okay uh, here are some things you can do um, i'm excited are you interested in doors and windows <laughs> sure let's uh, say yes you can go to taylor made taylor with a y doors and windows um moving okay. Moving east, <laughs> you can visit the United States Postal Service. An institution. This is this is the best one. The Forbidden Fruit Sweet Shop. What? Reviews oh, on actually... Google say that it's almost never open. So if you see it open, <laughs> I think you're legally obligated to go in. I think I did see that on the map the other day, and I was going to go see if they had any chocolate that you might be interested in. They won't. But they're I, I, yeah, I know, room. but... 12 to 5 p.m. Tuesday through Thursday is when it's open. It's open less often than Chan and Tai. It's extremely rare to see the open sign. Does owner exist? Who knows? But 10 out of 10 recommend apples. <laughs> Isn't that great? All right. So then moving east, we've got a KFJ C store. So convenience store, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's that's where and I had then, lunch today was at that oh, place. All right. Oh, it's run by a very nice lady. Um, who apparently like lives down the street because while I was there eating lunch, her grandkids showed up like three times. They were like, Grandma, we something. So I don't pay attention to what they were doing, but it was definitely her grandkids. And she kept telling them like, I'm busy. I can't come back later. <laughs> it was funny. Next up, we've got Dreams Unlimited International. 
which uh, appears to be a like registered as a doctor, <laughs> but like there's nothing there. Oh yeah, no, that's just the house across the street. Yeah, that's uh, um, very strange. No, no ratings or reviews. Kyle and Trevor both know that I did some weird deep dives on the assassination in Haiti and the guy who was that's right arrested on yeah. suspicion of it. And uh, it, there, I I will say it looks like this is one of those places he could run. His dreams <laughs> unlimited international. So if you yeah. know what that is, please contact the pod. Uh, and then I think this is the last one is Oville Pioneer Village. And uh, if Google Map, if you look at Google Maps, you will see all I see is a van, actually. Um, yeah, like it's this the looks picture like the worst is Pioneer Village of all time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to drive past that and then I forgot on my way back. So, but yeah, because it looks like just this little, I mean, I'm going to say rinky dink. But oh, and then there's it, the just cemetery. Look, like pioneer stuff, which did is you get hired? Things. Is this a private resident uh, residence that hired you guys? No, it is a. <laughs> so it's a business that is out in Cleveland that um, I had to sign an NDA okay. to go into. Oh, so cool. I cannot tell you much of anything about. All right, Matt was on to something when he said the Haiti thing. Why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It turns huh. out he is probably on at O Pioneer Village, Oville Pioneer Village. Putting security on that van. It's extremely curious that the street view, you can't see a lot of the structures that you can see from the top view. So, Ooh. Are you suggesting that I'm putting stuff, I'm installing things in a Pioneer Village? Well, it's just called Oville yeah. Pioneer Village, but that's like just obviously the name they would use to obfuscate the true nature of the work that they're doing, which of course is... Uh, it has all the things to do with any sort of lizard people and or adrenochrome <laughs> type operation. So I'll tell you that if you if you're looking at Google Maps and you see like Cleveland, there's a bunch of farms. And then if you go south, there's what looks like empty barren wasteland. Yeah. In that empty barren wasteland is the place that I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, not the Oville Pioneer Village. I found What's it. What's going on? But I'm this? going to refrain from saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> to protect your non-disclosure agreement. Thank you. Which, as we always know... Oh, there's another place called Ty's Cabinets. I don't know how I missed that. I'm sorry. Like T-Y? Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, probably. Darn. You missed uh, Guyman's metal fabrication. Wow. I missed a lot. Of, I'm a really bad tour guide. Yeah. yeah. Really it's too bad. I gotta figure out what's going on down here. But anyway, Matt, what uh, what have you been up to? Um, I watched the same soccer games you guys did. Nice. Um, and then during penalties, because I had no vested interest <laughs> in either team, I made sushi, which is oh. fun. I'm not like a big raw fish guy, so I, I just did uh, vegetable rolls. Oh, uh, we yeah. had a mango in the fridge that I chopped up. and uh, That sounds we awesome. We had a cucumber from the garden and some peppers from the garden. We just had, uh, had like six or seven sushi rolls for lunch. It was That's a good time. Veggie sushi rolls are so yummy. I, yeah, I mean, I can get sick of raw fish um, if I eat too much, I guess. But veggie sushi rolls are a fave. Absolutely a fave. And as usual, like if you, a good rice cooker is a must. Like yep. It really transforms the whole process. It's good and to know. And made it super easy instead of an ordeal. 
So that's I love it. I, I feel like I should have another update. Yeah. Talking about my weird deep dive. Yeah, I got to do more of that stuff on every single day. There was more. Another Haiti thing came out again today. Like another. I was busy um, focused on work and only work. I think it was another Floridian that got a like a like a fifth Floridian or something. I don't know. Oh, like they arrested somebody else, not just like news. I've been focused on work too, and I've just like getting every every once in a while I'll check Twitter and I'll see like another piece of information about stuff. I'm like, oh. It's very strange. It is very strange odd. Days. Well, do we should we get to it? Let's get to news. How about that? Yeah. Um What's so the the, the first item here. Oh, there this is. is one that uh was it was it you, Kyle? It was you and me, right? Yeah. And Trevor was a little behind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh Tony, there. Oh, okay. Well Tony Dakovich. Yeah, we were at the Vancouver game. And earlier, when I was first arriving up on the the press box level where all the suites are, I looked into one when a door was open. I saw a very Ooh. muscular looking tall man in there and I was like, I would wonder who that is. Continued on with my evening and then Matt and I were doing a little um, bathroom field trip, which is what we call that apparently yeah, as of now. I like it. <laughs> and we... We're walking there and we and he passed us going the other direction. And we're like, and Matt was like, Oh, that's Tony Dadkovich. And I was like, Oh, that certainly is Tony Dadkovich. Which then you might be asking yourself, as many did on Twitter, isn't he is supposed to be in quarantine? And I think it's pretty clear that the quarantine that he was in is just away from the team for like a X amount of days, which then I later found out is five days was this quarantine but that doesn't apparently prevent him from going to the games and sitting in the the suites i guess which is cool with me um so yeah but now he's with the team and uh we that was in fact him and he's been at practice and been practicing and probably immediately available if we so choose so yeah neat (laughs) trevor (laughs) I don't have anything to add except that I saw the same guy going out of the suite. I was like 30 seconds behind you guys and I saw him and uh, then after he passed you guys from across the way, we're like, Hey Trevor, was that Tony? And I was like, I have no idea guys. I don't know what he looks like, but it was. And he is, yeah. he's, a, big, looked, he's I, a tall dude. Looked up the face later and yeah, that was him. We saw him. He was a real beefcake of a guy. Yeah. Confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Does a beefcake? I I don't really know the definitions of these things. He's like a I'm lean beefcake. That really focuses on definitions of things. So we are. He just looked like a tall soccer player. Like beefcake to me screams like tight end build. Yeah, and he was, he's he very muscular. That. Like he's very yeah. he's very toned. Yeah, um, he so. looked intimidating. He did. He looked like you would want your center back to look. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was, that's how I would l- describe him. Yep. So that's good. Um, speaking of describing him, Freddie Juarez in his uh, uh, press conference today, I uh, was talking about some of his good qualities, um, started talking about his passing. Uh, he basically said that his passing's all right and it's not great. But it's good enough to switch the point of attack. It's good enough to play a ball down the channel over the back line. So, you Which know, is truly inspiring stuff. Thanks, yeah. Coach. <laughs> I am baffled by him saying that <laughs> before we've like 
Well, he's, Does, got a, he's got a set expectations, so when we get a silly turnover, he's just like, yes, see, ever, I told you. When have we? When <laughs> has that ever been a thing? Have we ever had a coach say something like, oh, this describing that we're a current player or a new signing saying, describing one of their qualities as good, not great? <laughs> I've <laughs> never Jason heard that. Um, but usually about like not not new signings, about like players that maybe weren't playing. Louis Gill early on comes to mind. Yeah, I just I'm That's just true. so not used to hearing a coach of ours say something like that. So, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, he's he's fine, I guess. He's, <laughs> he's on the roster, so I guess I have to. Play. <laughs> I guess we'll see how good he is. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, maybe anyway, he's playing it so that we are pleasantly surprised when maybe he he's so good at it that, like, yard pass maybe that's his, his biggest strength so oh yeah oh that would be bad then if he's t- calling his biggest strength uh not that great <laughs> good, not great <laughs> yeah maybe he's being sarcastic because it's just so extraordinary that like oh yeah we'll be singing seeing him bomb steven gerrard-esque passes from the back so i mean i'm not counting on it but we'll see <laughs> That's I'm fine. I, I don't want our center backs. Well, I mean, I do and I don't. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I want them to be yeah. able to make that pass, but I don't want them making that pass. <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't want that to be front of mind. So the anymore. fact that he, he talked about uh, switching the play, obviously, you expect the center back to do occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, but that, that ball over the top uh, in the channel, I thought was an, like an interesting and revealing comment. Because um, that, that, Shows a lot about the way we intend to play. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> it's not I interesting, Matt. I think it is, but <laughs> it I'm, sucks. It's, <laughs> it's not interesting. It sucks. <laughs> it can be interesting and bad, Trevor. That's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. No, I um oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah, just so long as like his passing is mostly to like Everton and or Ruiz or Nick Beasler. Yeah. That's fine. Or even I, a fullback. I don't want his passing to be to an overlapping fullback running into a channel on a ball that's 20 yards ahead of him. But that's how we play. I that's know. Right. And it sucks. <laughs> it's sucks. I get so then, mad uh, when that's how, how we do speaking, it. Speaking of players sucks. bombing down the wing, uh, Joni Menendez is quite nearly here. Uh, it sounds like he'll arrive on... He's expected in Salt Lake on Friday, it sounded like, if if that seems right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm going to look up. training on Friday. I'm going to look um, up the tweet because Bill Riley had some words to say about it. Oh, great. Uh, while you're looking that up, uh, it's notable. And I believe, was it you, Trevor, that learned this? Or was it you, Kyle? I think it was you, Trevor, right? It was Trevor. Which one? About the that, Menendez uh, thing? Yeah. Tell us yeah. some news about his quarantine status. Well, let me go back real quick um, to the Bill Riley tweet because I found it. Freddy Juarez uh, says that Menendez paperwork has been approved. They hope to have him in SLC Wednesday night or Thursday Mm -hmm. and hopefully training by Friday. That's the timeline. So tomorrow or the day after. Um, But what we learned is because of Dakovich, we found out that there's a five-day quarantine thing. Um, So Mandated by the league. Yeah, it's a league rule um, still because of COVID, obviously. Um, so it was curious to me that he would arrive on Wednesday or Thursday and be training by Friday. 
So I put it out into the world and I received an answer back. And the answer apparently is that the league rule has the five day thing has an exception for players who have tested positive for COVID in the last 90 days, which Menendez has. By the time he was announced, he was still recovering, I think. And he was announced like a month ago. So yeah, he had a positive test in the last 90 days. So because of that, he does not have to quarantine at all he's Does that apply to that. vaccinated players or no i think <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know this is that I, asked, like, I asked that question what i was told is menendez doesn't have to because he got <laughs> a positive test we know that <laughs> so he, he doesn't have to quarantine which is mls is so funny really concerning and also makes sense at the same time yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> so, whatever. Anyway, yeah, so Menendez is going to be gonna... hopefully training by the end of this week, but should be training by next week. Cool. Yeah. Not expected to make the game day roster this weekend, but... Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, Looking this forward is, to it. This is not on the news agenda, um, but I assume both of you saw the Canadian, the player who was playing in Canada yeah. uh, refused to get vaccinated <laughs> and so yeah. was traded to Columbus Crew. That was yeah. Eric Hurtado. That's oh, right. Yeah. And the, the the best part about that is the team Montreal in their like release. It wasn't like a rumor or anything. It was like in their release. They were like, oh, yeah, this guy refuses to get vaccinated. And since we crossed the border, you can't cross the border if you're not vaccinated. So we need him to stay in the U.S. So we got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> we can't use him. We'll yeah, because Canada's Canada. letting people who've been vaccinated cross the border now. Um and apparently, uh, apparently he was the only player on Montreal that has so not been vaccinated and he doesn't want to. So that's so funny. Oh, man. And I think uh, I think it was Toronto today said that they've got two players that are still not vaccinated. They didn't name anybody and they didn't like trade them or anything. But I thought I read a tweet somewhere that said there's still two players on Toronto that are not vaccinated because and they are staying away from the team and they've been away from the team for a little bit now. They're not hmm. training with the team anymore. <laughs> Is so one of them thing. Josie? No, it wasn't Josie. That had nothing to do with Josie. He's back. Oh, okay. That oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. Beef. He's back his, training. Like now that uh, that Chris Armis is gone. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Um, I think it was wow. to die on. It was Bill Manning who came out and said that he reached out to Josie, and Josie's back with the team. And Josie was asked about it, and he was like, "Yeah, cool. I'm back with the team." I've so it was literally just Chris Armis was the problem. Oh, yeah. Straight up, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we thought it was because he was buying Real Salt Lake? Oh, that's <laughs> that right. Well, would have given him time to put some stuff together. So that's right. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm waiting personally for August 28th when we travel to Vancouver, like actually travel to Vancouver, um, to see what players suddenly don't, oh, don't make the line. That's actually a great point. Yeah, you got to find out who's vaccinated or not. <laughs> yeah, I hope they all are, and I, I, I hope, unless they I have hope. like a real serious health concern. Yeah, that you know, or like an allergy to, I don't know, they use like egg albumin or something. And yeah, 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 yeah. So like, if, if that's the case, like, I, we get it. I don't think yeah. anyone begrudge you. Yeah, no, that that otherwise, will be interesting though. We might begrudge you otherwise, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Okay, said so we're a judgmental podcast. So <laughs> that is right. Um, so just real quickly, uh, David Achella on his uh, Instagram basically said that he's picking Mexico as his um, as the national team that he'll be playing for. 
I think he has an easier. Did he like say that or was he just like, hey, I've been with Mexico and it was a blast. Strictly. He said strictly dedicated to the to the brown pride. Like he's sticking with Mexico. Okay. I I mean, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't after saying that. But I interpreted um, that as just like, I'm proud of my Mexican heritage and I'm proud to be called up to the Mexican national team. I didn't take Saying that as strictly like, dedicated might be a little is <laughs> is if he would have said like honored by this opportunity to like yeah. uh and my <laughs> my Mexican heritage or something like that but him saying strictly dedicated to the brown pride is like I'm like okay he's he's probably gone. I see what um, you're saying. I just my initial reading of that was just that he was like happy to be here but yeah, I could be wrong. So it seems Usually like players are like, I'm going to play for this national team over that one. They make it abundantly clear. They're like, yes, yeah, I am no. going to play for Mexico forever because I'm a Mex or whatever. He didn't. Uh, he, uh, yeah. He didn't officially <laughs> say that the, you know, uh, we had the chance to cap tie him and did not, um, for whatever reason, I guess. Um, we also had the chance to bring him to the gold cup and we did not, it also is worth noting that he probably wouldn't have played in the gold cup if not just to cap tie him. Um, and he, it kind of seems like maybe he felt shunned by that maybe a little bit. I don't know, but he took the opportunity to go train with Mexico and he's probably got an easier route to being their uh, starting keeper for the first team than he would with the United States. Yeah. So good. Good for him. The, the <laughs> club stance, the one that, um, the line that I've got from people at the club um, is basically that. You say you did research? No, this is oh. no, not good, good research. I'm not going to say that. I don't, no, basically the club. A, um, too bad. Yeah. They, they <laughs> let him go to nations league as part of like a deal with the U S team to not call him up to the gold cup. Cause if he went to the gold cup, he would miss like six matches. Right. Yeah. And they didn't want him to miss that much of the regular season. So they said, you can go to Nations League and go be with the team with Nations League. And if they cap tie you, whatever. Like the club doesn't care if they cap tie him one way or the other. But he wanted to go check out the U.S. setup. So that was his chance to go check out the U.S. setup. And as part of the handshake agreement, the U.S. would not call him up for the Gold Cup. And then Mexico, he wanted to see that. And to train with them for a week is a good opportunity for him to check out the Mexican setup and get to know the Mexican coaches and see what that is. And so for Ochoa, like it's kind of the best of both worlds. He gets to go see both. And for the club, he still doesn't miss any games for it. Yeah. And yeah, like regardless of whatever choice he makes, cool like go play for whoever you want to nationally that's not my business at all i'd like to see him pick mexico to be honest yeah either way like if he's getting national team call-ups or if he's desired by two different nations like that's awesome for him yep um whatever country he wants to represent like that's a personal choice and yeah just like you said the goalkeeping core for mexican national team is getting older they're like top three or four keepers are like over the age of 32 33 i think yeah and they just don't have that many keepers that are his age and playing with the national team whereas the u.s has like seven that are his age or his age group that are as good as him or better so yeah it makes total sense if he does choose mexico like good for him and that makes a lot more sense and if he chooses the u.s also awesome but that's why (laughs) 
I think the club played a big part in him not going to the Gold Cup full time for either team either way. Yeah. Yep. I think it's so fair. cool. Um, we've got an ownership update yeah, on our they, nudes list. Wow. Have a new owner? That's no, right. Yes, we, and it's you, Trevor. Yeah. You made working with uh I already forgot the name of that weird company. Cleveland, Utah. Yeah, with uh hold on before we get too far. Uh, the Oldville Pioneer Village? No. Dreams <laughs> Unlimited International. Dreams. That's right. Um, um, so so RSL Bob, who is a good follow on Twitter, um, his handle is RSLFan24601. 24601. Which I it's a reference to that movie with, uh, with the guy uh, from... With Anne Wolverine Hathaway and... and yeah. And uh, uh, Russell Crowe. Is Russell Crowe in that one? I don't know. He's the main guy, isn't he? Hugh Jackman's in that, right? 2,041 in- minutes, 601 seconds. Is that what? it? Are you guys talking about <laughs> Les Miserables? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah it's, what, it's Hugh Jackman. I don't know that song that you're singing. I just know that that's the prisoner <laughs> singing <number>. the- <laughs> <laughs> It's from Les Miserables. 20, two, okay. 20,000, 4,601 minutes. That's how long it takes to watch Les Miserables because it's a long movie. <laughs> okay, see where you're going. Oh, boy. All right, anyway, um, RSL fan 24601 uh, <laughs> goes by RSL Bob on Twitter. Yeah. Great follow. And what did he say today, Matt? Uh, so he he is really good at actually like ferreting out information and listening to things that are made public, where most of us on the internet are not. Uh, so he listened to Spence Checkets on the drive on ESPN 700. Says, there are rumors that Scott O'Neill, recent CEO of Harris Blitzer Sports, a name you might recognize from David Blitzer when he was apparently contemplating buying Real Salt Lake, uh, which owns Philadelphia 76ers and New Jersey Devils, so the idea is that he could be the new CEO of the Utah Jazz and RSL group if Ryan Smith purchases RSL and renames it Ryan Salt Lake. Yeah, this was so <laughs> confusing to me until we kind of like talked it through before we started recording this. So because it seems weird that a recently departed CEO of the Harris Blitzer Sports Group, which was interested in buying RSL, is now being floated as the potential new CEO of a new ownership group that apparently doesn't involve the Harris Blitzer Sports Group. But then uh, we've kind of came to the realization that he might have been the one that was wanting to push to purchase RSL um, as the CEO of that ownership group, which I don't know how that works with sports ownership groups, like who makes a lot. I don't know. Well, it was David Blitzer outside of that group, right? I don't, I don't know. Like it was obviously his name, but I don't, yeah. I would expect that if, if Blitzer's part of this ownership group, I would be surprised if he did some like weird ownership thing on the side of that. So I don't know, maybe Blitzer still, I mean, some, I've heard people say that like he's still in the mix, but like I, and as of like last week, but I don't know if that's true. And I also mm. have no idea. So, um, <sighs> But Spence Checkets is obviously is like <clears throat> somebody's just like telling him this stuff. So I'm sure there's like some uh, something to it. But the other day, uh, did we talk about how Ryan Smith was essentially tweeting that uh, that, that MLS was asking too much for RSL? That was uh, we JJ, that. Watt. JJ Watt and <clears throat> Ryan Smith together. 
Well, yeah, because J.J. Watt, like somebody said, hey, J.J. Watt, you should buy Real Salt Lake, which I don't... Uh, people often overestimate how much money professional athletes have. And I don't think JJ Watt bless his heart is in the position to spend $400 million on a soccer club. But in any case, um, someone else brought, I don't know if JJ himself brought uh, Ryan into the conversation, but um, JJ Watt essentially said like, I want to bring the Royals back. And then Ryan Smith was like, Oh yeah. Um, Oh, uh, asking too much money or whatever he said. Yeah. So JJ Watts said, tell him to drop the price. And Ryan Smith said exactly or something. Oh yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) JJ Watt, it should be noted has a vested interest in RSL partly because his wife is key. I'm going to say her name wrong. I always get it wrong. Keely, Keelia, Ohio, who I think plays for the Houston dash now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's from Utah. She's from Alta, I think. Yeah, she went to Alta, yeah. Yeah. So it would make a lot of sense for him to Oh no, she plays for Chicago now. Anyway, yeah. It makes a lot of sense for him to want to not only buy RSL but bring the Royals back and probably give his wife a place to play that's a hometown environment for her. Yeah. So, Tell them to drop the asking price a bit. I want to bring the Royals back. Ryan Smith, there you go. Dot, dot, dot. Well said. Yeah. So, I mean, we know Ryan is legitimately, has been legitimately interested, but like clearly doesn't agree with whatever valuation MLS is saying. And I, I'm really wondering what they're asking. Like I. Yeah. So rumors have I mean, it, you know, 300 to $450 million, right? Yeah, yeah and those rumors. Th- this was a rumor, and but then you kind of do the math on. It was Houston that was just sold, and who was the other team? Orlando, Orlando. That was just sold. And if you do the math on based on their selling prices, which I think were inflated, but if you base it on what they went for, then I think it makes sense for the league to be asking for like 500 600 Dude, based on what they were sold I said for. I, I don't think be, that's what they're going to get but I, I think it makes sense yeah. that the league would be asking that I kind think, of money I think the league is asking between 450 and 500 which sounds insane but like Houston and the Dash were sold without a stadium and without an academy and for 400 million dollars yeah we have a stadium a better stadium a better fan base um, an arguably and if a faster growing market, more like tech money here, and an academy. <laughs> I would be. I don't think I'd be very surprised at this point if MLS is asking for f- less than four fifty. Yeah, I, I. That's where, which seems again, kind of insane. But like, if or if Houston went for four hundred, I like. I I don't know. But that's that's the part of this conversation that like. I don't understand because if we've got multiple people that are saying like, Hey, tell them to lower the asking price, the price of 450, 450 million, like with all of that stuff put together, like that kind of makes sense. I know I'm not the one buying it, but if I, if I was I like, know. I can, I can see how they can arrive at that valuation. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on the other teams. Yeah. Like that's, I that's mean, why it makes it, me think that the league is asking like 550, <laughs> 600, because that would be a price that I could see a lot of people being like, mm, no, it's too much. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. I could see Ryan maybe saying it's too much at 500, but I don't know. I I have no idea. Like clearly, yeah, I just really wonder what's going to happen. I don't know how long the league can realistically hold out and not actually, uh, I mean, you again, know. If, if you look at how long they held out for Orlando, Orlando and Houston were both reportedly for sale for like six to 12 months, I think. It took a long time for them to finally like finalize it. So, but RSL Bob thinks that league wants 350 to 400, but invest, interested buyers are offering around 250. I don't, I, there's no Oof. way. But, That's <sighs> way, 250 is far too low. If, if, if Houston's 400, if they're, then, yeah, if they're going to sell like, <sighs> That'd be insane if they sold it for 250 with all of that combined. Like if it's going to be 250, like Deloitte's holding on to the land or the stadium or, or something. Yeah, there's got to <laughs> be something there. But 250, like, I mean, clearly the league, I think, looks at the market potential of this area as as I mean, obviously, there are still way fewer people here than in somewhere like Houston. But like, um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think they'll, I, I don't know if Bob like has solid information, like 350 to 400 is what the league wants and buyers have offered around 250, but I could see the league asking for 450 or 500 based on like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I could be if, far off, but who if knows? the league is asking for 350 and you've got buyers saying, nope, tell them to lower the price. Like it seems like somebody's trying to pull a fast one there. Like yeah, with Houston, Again, with Houston I, I don't know going anything for about four. that much money. This is literally but, just going going by what Houston and Orlando sold for. Specifically, well, and, and Houston. Also, we know what the team has spent on the academy. Yeah. We know roughly how much the stadium is worth. We know that they've updated the stadium since they built it. So you know what I mean? Like just in those two things, we know kind of what kind of dollar amounts yeah. we're dealing with. So it makes me think yeah. there's something like on, in the in the underbelly of the deal that we don't know about, like there maybe Deloitte Hanson incurred massive debt, or like leverage Real Salt Lake or something. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, like I said, that's, that's where I think it, it could be that like Deloitte wants to hang on to like the land and make the new owner well, like pay okay. rent on it or or something like that. Yeah. So the stadium, which opened on my birthday in two thousand eight, I'll birthday. have you know, October 9th. Thank you. Um, it cost $110 million to make at the time, which adjusted for inflation at this point is $132 million. That's So we currently have a $132 million stadium. And if a buyer is really only willing to pay $250, <laughs> including that, with, with, and then think about Houston going, you know, selling without a stadium. Like, I don't understand how that yeah, the, like, the numbers it, don't add up. Like, going no matter purely how you look at based it. off of what MLS is valuing Houston at, like, I cannot think that they're asking for less than 400. Like, that's yeah. just what I'm thinking. But and I, anyway, yeah, I, I think that's up again. I don't know anything about anything, but I feel like that's a fair price for somebody with that's a billion dollars to too. spend on a sports team. Like, it seems like the numbers add up. Yeah. But also, I mean, I could easily see somebody looking at it and saying well, look at the situation like you have an owner that you need to get rid of so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna score a deal on this mm-hmm. lower to 250 yeah i want to make some money he doesn't have to i want to so i i could see it kind of that way but yeah either way i, I don't know how 
how those numbers add up mm. uh, both ways like yeah houston versus so, rsl and and what the pre- the numbers that bob put out hopefully mm. we get sold eventually as was yeah. is what i'm hoping for but yeah. anyway we we did in fact have a game at the very same 132 million dollar stadium just last week mm-hmm. in which we were the away team to a home vancouver whitecaps um in a very weird stadium situation in which there were canadian ads all over the place there were Vancouver Whitecaps signs. There were pre-recorded B-roll footage pack video packages of Vancouver, the city, (laughs) and pre-recorded national anthems sung by a nice woman in front of uh, Vancouver fans in whatever their stadium's called. And um, it was just kind of (laughs) strange. And there was no, uh, I mean, like a lot of the supporters groups weren't really there. It was just kind of like, kind of a quieter match matt and i were talking about how it kind of reminded us of like the um watching some of the early covid era games on tv before they started piping in the crowd audio it was just kind of we could hear the players really well which was like kind of weirdly nice but it was um a spicy hot evening and uh we 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 did it we uh we won four to zero against the old caps starting off with a, Oh, this is a question. I had a coworker that went to the game and he asked if that was the biggest spread between first, well, uh, between goals that RSLs or like that they've had in an MLS game, for example, or like what we saw, Demir Krylock scores within like 35 seconds, I think. Um, with a nice chip over the keeper. Um, and then we scored with like the last kick of the game with Anderson Julio. So he was asking me if I've known, if I've seen a game in which a team scored as early and as late as Real Salt Lake did. And I was, and that was a great question. No idea how to go about finding that answer, but I like the question. I like the analysis. Cause that is a good, an interesting thing to point out. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting trivia point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel either. like there's I, I, not an MLS, but in like international competitions or like Open Cup, I'm sure there's a game where there was a goal scored in the first five or ten minutes, and then there was a goal scored late in like extra time stoppage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you want to count that, but maybe I'm that's the only way I could see it like definitely being a bigger gap. Um, I certainly don't remember any games where they scored that early in that late. Yeah, I don't either. I like it. But that's off the top of my head. That's that would be an interesting trivia question to look up. It was the uh it was initially deemed as the third fastest uh RSL goal, but Trey pulled out a goal from like two thousand seven or something by uh Argentine defender, can't remember his name at the moment. Something um, Mantia, whatever his first name Mantia, is. Mantia, that's right. Uh his only goal for RSL was like was in that list. So um Yeah, Trey said it was in the twenty-fourth second, but we couldn't verify that anyway. Yeah. So we're just going by Trey's brain because it could not be determined anywhere online that I found. But anyway, so fourth fastest RSL goal. Demir Krylock does exactly what we said he doesn't normally do and kind of got in uh sort of behind the defense on a on a run. And another, yet another assist from Aaron Herrera, who played the ball up the wing, kind of to Justin Miram, who definitely 
purposely missed the ball, so it went perfectly to Demir Krylock, who was in a great position to chip the keeper. It was a great dummy. It was a fantastic... It was kind of like a volley dummy. It was an aerial volley dummy in which he jumped in the air, attempted to kick... He definitely didn't attempt to kick it. I meant he fake attempted to kick it. And then uh, it worked out perfectly. So Justin Miram with sort of an assist there, and Demir Krylock with yet another goal there. And then... It was just a, it was a, it was an RSL game after that. There were, we actually didn't win the possession battle this game. Vancouver had more possession than us for whatever reason. Uh, by a pretty significant, by a 10% percentage yeah, point margin. It was right? really weird. Um, that happened. And then second goal came from, um, what, what was the second goal? Second goal was uh, Demir Krylock again from Justin in the second half. He scored the first two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then we we earned a penalty for the third goal in which Albert Rusnak buried that one. And then the, from with the last kick of the game, Anderson Julio scores, which uh, was good to see. And it was uh, on a kick in which Demir Krylock attempted to get his hat trick. Uh, shot it right into Michael Chang, who ran right in front of his shots, and it deflected perfectly to um, Anderson Julio, who did a little half volley up to the, the top bin. So yeah. <laughs> it worked out just as we drew it up. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about that game? That was a Go weird Matt. game. I <laughs> um, so I I I was very pleased to see we won. And we won definitively. We never really looked tested. And uh, once, once, was it once. Well, it didn't really test our keeper, but like they yeah. had that really golden opportunity on a cross, like a diagonal ball to the back post. And when they had yeah. somebody inside the six, and he couldn't get it on frame, um, I think that was like the biggest chance they had. I think it's clear at this point oh, that Vancouver is bad. Yeah. And I would have been very disappointed if we'd lost that game or drawn. Like yeah. There was an article that 86 Forever, our SB Nation counterpart for Vancouver, um, wrote. And I just saw the the snippet that they like put in the tweet. But basically the stat that they put out was with Mark. It wasn't a stat, but their observation that they put out was with Mark Santos as their coach. Um, Vancouver has not had a midfield player that has become better under Mark Santos. They have all regressed and had worse stats and become worse players under oh, their man. their coach. And he's been their coach for like a season and a half now, two years. Yep. Like, yeah. And after this a game, rough indictment of a coach. Yeah. And after this game was directly asked by a Vancouver. Uh, based press member i suppose yeah. who said are you the you right better. person to be the coach of this team which is <laughs> a pretty <laughs> valid question yeah I thought yeah, was good. yeah what did he say oh just basically his answer is basically like yes i am like just a very <laughs> confident like yep i think i'm the best coach for this team right now but he he didn't take offense to it he didn't oh. lash out like Good. He understood it was pretty that it was a serious question and that he could answer it seriously. Yeah, yeah. because nice. you need to be asked team. questions. Like that's your job is to be there to win games and get the team to win games, and they're doing very poorly. And they are, of course, you know, haven't been home for however many months. Um, or we're with uh, without Ali Adnan as a defender, as a uh, designated player defender for that game. 
their keeper is really good. He made a lot of really good saves that game. In fact, uh, it could have been way worse for them. <laughs> like Demir Krylock could have had a couple more goals. Um, he, yeah, they, he, he made some really, uh, really nice saves. Um, there, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird situation for them. I will say that um, obviously our out, this outcome was far better than when we played them. Um, well, the outcome was just a little bit better than when we played them a couple weeks ago, but the game was a lot better in that we were in control. I thought of most of this game, even though we didn't dominate possession, we were a lot more comfortable and weren't playing from a, um, going up by two goals obviously really opened things up um even more and helped us really solidify that lead but yeah it was um it was a weird game bobby wood started this game uh we were talking a lot about how this was the game that if you're gonna give bobby wood a start it was that one and sure enough we saw him start he uh he played, he played a game he um, played not much of a game and he played 57 and a half minutes yeah, a couple early subs from yeah, a couple early subs from Freddie. We were told that he's still not fully fit, um, which all right, and <laughs> he had a couple chances. I think he had probably two shots, uh, three, three shots. Um, one of which probably should have gone in header. One was a header, decent save, decent header. Uh, don't remember what the other one was, but um. Yeah, he played a game, and I don't think I learned a ton again. No, so he had just 13 touches in the game, which yeah. um, <laughs> it's not necessarily an indictment of him. It's an indictment of the way we play, and and maybe it's fine. We won. What does it matter, right? But I, I, I mean, think in a match you're, you're controlling, I would hope that you'd integrate your new striker a little more i mean he did yeah. get a couple shots off so that's good um but i i find it hard to believe that he'll succeed if he's not heavily involved and maybe i'm wrong yeah but if he's if he's kind of an afterthought and just the guy we expect to take a couple shots and maybe score a goal like is that utilizing him to his best? I don't well, know. Let me, we, we don't let me know ask you this. Haven't seen him. Let me ask you yes. this, Matt, because yes. I assume you've got the stat page right in front of you. I do not. How many touches did Rubio Rubin have in fourteen? The time that he was on the field. So he was on the field for thirty minutes and change. Yep. And he had just as many touches as Bobby Wood did in twice as long. Yeah. Yeah, that seems problematic. Yeah, and I mean, I like he plays differently. Ostensibly, we're going to play basically Rubio, and this is watch being able to watch Rubio a lot and being able to watch Bobby Wood very little. But they basically are playing the same position, same they're, role, right? They're playing the same. Well, ostensibly, but when we were we were trying to analyze that during the game, like what type of striker Bobby Wood is going to be for us. I think Rubio Rubin's better at hold up play. Like we can count on him as being a back to goal striker who can hold the ball up. I'm not, I'm not even saying that was probably one of his original strengths that we brought him in for, but it appears that he's more comfortable doing that than Bobby Wood. And then like also on Demir's first goal, Bobby Wood was like in the midfield. Like he was like way back. Like I don't, I honestly don't know what his like best, how he's best utilized. I don't know if it's next to like an actual, like true striker. I 
have no idea. Like I genuinely yeah. don't. Could he be a play <laughs> winger? Like I honestly don't know. But yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> it's really just, weird. I honestly I, have no idea what to think of what we want from him. Maybe the it's only, the exact same as Rubio Rubin. Well, and that's the thing is the only difference is, like you said, I from what I can see, what we saw against Vancouver and what we've seen from Rubin pretty much the whole season is Rubin's just a little bit more involved in the buildup. I don't know that he's really been like a back to goal, hold the ball up guy, but he's at least like been involved he can get the ball dribble make a pass make a run off that pass and like he's he's involved he's getting touches as part of the build-up and bobby wood didn't really it seemed like all bobby wood's touches were like the final touch before a shot and i don't even think we do that enough with rubio rubin i mean like we know he can do that but like the way we play like i was reading through the comments on matt's article and somebody was pointing out the fact that like uh that demir krylock really is like the fulcrum of our offense in a lot of way, like he is oh. like, and also like Albert Rusnak as well. The hit, the more he's gotten involved over the last couple or a few weeks and the better he's been, um, he's been more involved, but like we do depend on Demir offensively, uh, way more than I would have ever expected that we would have ever depended on him, especially when we brought him in, supposedly to be like a box to box yeah <laughs> i think that's um, what we that's what we were told that's what we were told but like i don't know it just seems like uh, and it doesn't just seem like it like clearly the results and goals scored and everything else this team succeeds through demir krylock <laughs> and um which is matt has this question on here is demir krylock the best player of all time and matt does think so and he thinks he's uh, uh matt actually um got kicked out of the stadium because he was trying to carve demir's name using a uh some sort of sharp uh metal pipe next to javier morales's name on the on the concrete stadium wall and i well, i said Trevor, he should stop but he let me carve it on him so but, well yeah um unfortunately that was out of the question. I told Matt to stop. We we unfortunately it won't be at any games here uh, moving forward. <laughs> um, but it's like he's he's like he's just really good. He's he's very he's very good. Demir Kralik is is a great player. All right, uh, he's not the best um, player of all time. Dang, for ourselves. Okay, who, who is, like, is it? Not even close to the best. Is it player. Uh, he's better better than demir krylik yeah yeah so okay let's let's actually have this discussion like let's be real about it for a second i know you wrote an article and everybody go read the article but let's have the discussion there's basically i think two schools of thought with this and one is demir's been the best player on this team for the last uh, year or two two how long we figured out how long he was here it's like three and a half years so far yeah yeah. yeah, 2017, he, I think. He's been one of, if not the best player on the team for pretty much the whole time he's been here. And mm-hmm. that's the argument that people are making is that he's carried the team when the team has been obviously very bad yeah. the last little bit. And I don't think personally that the argument of he's the best player on a bad team makes him like the best of all time. I think that's a bad way to present your argument. What I think makes a player I, I, like... Top I will 10. Say, I don't think anyone's actually arguing he's the best of all time. Continue. No, nobody is. We're, yeah, we're, the, the, the conversation is around 10. 
top five, top, top ten three, top players ten, top five, of whatever. RSL. Yeah. And that's the argument of the people who think he's like obviously top five or obviously top ten. Is yeah, that like friend of the, the show, Trey, for example. Yeah, Trey like he puts him as number four or five because of being that guy during bad times, during right anyway yeah and i i don't like that argument my thought is basically the team's been around for 10 11 12 years and we've had really good teams we've had three or four years where we were the best team in the league you know i mean we won the title in 2009 we went to the champions league final in 2011 and we were you know an ice patch away from a title in 2013 Like we've had some really also, good teams. I think it's we're up to six. Is this isn't this our sixteenth year? Yeah, in the league. Uh, oh, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Time's, oh, time's flying. But yeah, no, but I, yeah, I agree. We, we had some really good teams, and through those four or five years where we had really good teams, we had a lot of players kind of come in and out. We had some that stayed for sure, but we've had a lot yeah. of players that came in and out and were really good for two or three years, and then weren't part of this team. Like this team has had hundreds of players play for it. And I just think it shows Johnny Steele. I think it shows just a lot of recency (laughs) bias. If you think that Demir Krylock based on his performance over the last three years on a team that isn't that good is one of the top 10 best players. I think you could take the top 10 best players legitimately like out of that 2013 team and make a good argument for like anybody in the starting 11 in 2013 to be one of the top 10 players. Yeah. It's really hard to know. It's really tough to put Demir against several of those players and say that he's definitely better than those players. It's hard to compare any of those things due to like MLS being a very different league than it was then. Also the system of play we had then is very different than the system of play we have now. Sure. Um, what does Demir look like in the 2013? What does Demir look like in the 2009 teams? I have no idea. Do we win the 2011 uh, CONCACAF final with a Demir Krylock? We do. We absolutely do. We win 10 to 1 and he scores <laughs> 8 goals. Um, right, but that's the thing is if you're talking about yeah. like top RSL player, you're not talking about like skill level today versus skill level then. You're talking about right. like what no, that player meant to the team Agreed. in 2009 and in 2013. Yeah. And there are and too Demir many. just wasn't there so you can't really yeah, make that comparison. Right. Yeah, but Demir, and- while he's been here, the team has been bad. And I think that that <laughs> unfortunately that, counts a little bit fault. against Demir. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it fault. is his fault. I think it is. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that the struggles of, of RSL have been directly... Oh, but the karate kick goal is so it, good. It it's really, really good. awesome. And Demir, I'm, I'm not trying to say that Demir is like worthless. Demir obviously <laughs> means a lot to RSL and RSL fans and the history of RSL. Yeah. There's definitely a spot for Demir there. But yeah, top absolutely. 10 out of like I, the 120 some odd players that have probably played for RSL. Trevor, it's a lot more than 120. I might put him, I might put oh, him top, sure, top 10. I don't know what it is, but I can like, see the case for it. I just don't yeah. think he's there. I think he's top 20 like easily no question whatsoever and if you made me put together a top 10 i would consider him in it for sure he has a good argument yeah i, I think, just don't I think know so. that he's there and in matt's article we talk about like kind of the i mean that type of measurement is tough like do you mean best players do you mean like uh most important to the rsl organization over time or just your personal favorite players which i think is my, the funnest thing for me to talk about because it's all it's definitionally subjective and that yeah. like 
like who do you just like the most and like, yeah, like that can be <laughs> that can be just a really funny list of players that you like the most um and it doesn't yeah like and demir is obviously like for me is on mine just and i think that's where like being uh, the type of player he was over the last few years that like plays really into that very well because like he's been one of the bright spots over the last few years when things have been bad and i think that's valuable for developing like type of feelings with the fans and that yeah. like um so whether or not he's like the best or like in the top 10 of best or most skilled or most important to the club like you earn a lot of um cachet with the fans when you are a type of like beacon in like the really rough times and so i think that's why people are probably are like like trey especially can like um have that type of feeling toward demir and i get that like and that's kind of why that's one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite players that's played for rsl he's just like such an enigma as like a player and a person within like the like being being a foreign player who by all accounts didn't know any other americans or like Croatians in America other than like Boyan Bogdanovic um, who hadn't even joined the jazz I think at that point when yeah, he, he when was, he was on RSL Demir Kralik was part of bringing Boyan to the jazz yeah got it yeah so like <laughs> he just moves here like and just has by all accounts made like the absolute most of it I think and Matt in his article also talked about his the interactions that of course he, fans have with him I, I've never met him uh, I haven't really like met him out and about or anything like that. Um, but like anyone that we know that has like run into him at like the park or something, he's just like extraordinarily nice, which is not something that we should be expecting from, <laughs> from it's not something I expect of anyone to just go out of their way to have conversations with, with me in public, let alone like a professional athlete who's uh, under more public scrutiny than your average person. So like the fact that he just does that is just, in and of itself kind of extraordinary. Um, yeah, he's just a very, uh, very interesting, good person. And I'm, uh, I hope that like, I don't know, maybe Tony Dotkovic is the exact same type of Croatian and maybe this is just a Croatian thing, but maybe who knows? It would be cool. Um, I will, I will say like, if I think about where he ranks in my list, he's probably my, the top RSL player, since 24 from like 2014 forward um yeah or he he's easily in the like if you're only counting the time played in in those years if you count other years of course like kyle beckerman nick Romando, javier morales played it earlier than that right yeah but from the kasar well really from the deloy hansen era i think demir krylik is the top player yeah and yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. There, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And like Kyle brought up, the the way when you mentioned like personal, just favorite players from RSL. Yeah, he's probably in my top three or five, like comfortably. Um, but again, that's a different list. And if you want to talk about like different lists and different ways to sort it out and, you know, whatever, like there's a lot of ways that we can talk about it. But I think the original conversation was like most important to RSL. And it probably got skewed from there. But yeah, um, for sure. If if it's like personal favorite players, he's up there easily yeah. for sure. So you don't actually I'm, hate him? 
<laughs> no, of course not. I I love Demir. I just I'm looking at. I think uh, it's silly to be like, oh yeah, he's obviously top five most important yeah. player to Arsenal because um, that forgets a lot of history, and I don't it think does. it's fair to do that. I'm looking at the 2014 roster. Do you remember uh, Lalo Fernandez? Yes, I do. Yep. One. He's he's 28 now. He's also uh, is? wow. Yeah, he plays for um, Tigre still. So does he play for Tigres or is he yeah, just on he's, their team? He's, he's yet to make an appearance since 2017, yeah. but um, getting that back. Like good yeah. for him, but this guy has been leaving to unknown July 2020. That's weird. Oh, really? Yeah, transfer market's hmm. weird like that. Oh, I'm did just looking at his his wiki. Go, go on loan somewhere. Um, I don't know. At one point he was loaned to he was loaned to the Monarchs and then to Phoenix, but um, Kwame Watson Sirobe, Sirobe, Sirobo. Yeah, I do he's, remember at K, him. he's at KTP in Finland. Is he like currently uh, there? Yeah. Aaron Mond, who's Charlotte in Independence. Oh, uh, Moundini. Speaking of favorite um, players of all time. Mm-hmm. Cole Grossman. He's, uh, he, I don't know. He most recently played for Stabek and yeah, I was gonna say I, I remember he Bob went to Bradley, probably. To, yeah, he went out there, but I don't think he is I still think he's playing. Done. Yeah, yeah. I thought I heard a rumor or saw a story that he was coaching or assistant coaching like a USL team or college team or something like that. Well, let's find out. Oh, is Devin Sandoval still still, still with New, New Mexico, Mexico United? Still scoring goals. Yeah, good for him. He's happy. So. Good seems for like his, him. His level, and that's where he's from. That's where he wants to be. So good for Sebastian him. Sebastian Jaime was on that 2014 oh. roster. That's my favorite player of all time. Yeah. Anyway, he's my no, he favorite oh, player of all time. He plays for Rangers, but it's Rangers in Chile, not <laughs> yeah, Chile. Rangers in Scotland. I was like, what? <laughs> Chile has some of the goofiest like team names. They've got a Wanderers down there, Santiago Wanderers. Yeah. And Rangers and no, Matt's favorite player um, is Terakazu Tanaka. They used to play, and I don't oh, remember when he last right. played. He rode his bike around Salt Lake. Like he rode his, he, I think he lived downtown, oh right? And he he rode his bike, yeah. got on <laughs> tracks, and like rode to training. Like yeah, how I great don't think is he, that? I, love I don't it. think he owned a car. He just rode his bike everywhere. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, I found out where Cole Grossman is. Where is he at? He is a global sponsorship manager. At Manchester United. What? Good for him, dude. <laughs> well yeah, that's so weird. Should I Good connect for him. with him on Instagram or uh, LinkedIn, you, rather? You yeah, should. Do it. Um, All right. Get him on the uh, pod. Do you guys know where oh, yeah. Luis Gill is off the top of your top of your head? Uh, last, hang on. Last, he. I think he doesn't have a team right now. But last team he was with was a second division club in the Czech Republic. Yeah, he's with a different second division club in the Czech Republic now. So I oh, think okay. he does have a team. As of March of this year, he signed for Taborsko. He was on Zikov before. Yeah, I never even tried to learn how to, how to pronounce it. But yeah, he's been in the second division of Czech Republic for, I think, two years now. Two or three anyway, years. What a wild, weird career. Anyway, so... Um, we play again this Saturday. We play at LAFC. Yeah, we were uh, we were uh, really good against them last time, right? 
That is what we're being told. <laughs> um, Story goes. You know, uh, no, we, you know what? We being, were, we were being okay good. against them, and then we yeah. lost. And yeah, you know what? It was being a pretty comfortable loss. Being good against a team and losing get to you zero points. Unfortunately, so, even if you're at home, even if you're uh, at home, I, I just yeah, checked. I know MLS good. has some funky rules, Trevor, but <laughs> unfortunately, that doesn't actually get you any points. But hey, if we uh, play similarly and don't lose, that's all right. What but if you it, have 58% of the possession and 1.3 XG? Does that count for anything? Yes. No. Oh, jeez. I don't know. We need, to, we need to ask Charles. Somebody tell uh, who scored they need to adjust their ratings because... Um, they're bad for ourselves. LAFC? No, against LAFC, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if we were really good, I mean, it, those should reflect it, right? I would think so, yeah. Well, no, because you can't trust stats. You can't just look at stats. You have to use the eyeball test, and that's what really matters, I think. Yeah, I watched that's that game. That's what I we use. Bad. <laughs> we, we lost that game on our subs, and... Huh. Yeah, unfortunately, we all did use our eyeballs for the last 30 <laughs> minutes of that game. <laughs> it's too bad. Anyway, so anyway, yeah, I'd LA, like to see us. Differences well. we're playing in LA. Yeah. And historically, this season, uh, that's been very bad for the home team whenever RSL plays at home. So maybe that's the same for LA, and we'll probably get three points. Yeah. That, yeah. Let's I think, think that's that how way. that works, that sounds, right? That sounds great. I don't know or if at I least one believe point. you, but I, I'll take it. No, we're going to get smoked, guys. Come on. Let's yeah. be honest. So you uh, know how Mom does their, like, if you yeah. look at a map, that a match that's, like, in the future, it has the, like, poll, like, who do you think will win? Mm-hmm thing just this doesn't mean anything at all but right now they've had 163 responses and 74 percent think lafc will win prepare to be shocked font mob <laughs> users i just voted for real salt lake so okay, well, uh, part of the eight percent let's make that 170 <laughs> or 64 or whatever nice anyway um do we need to preview that game Deep dive. Did we even prep for a preview besides just mentioning no. that LA was just go, go listen to our one against our one uh, before the other LAFC game, and it's probably still applicable. Yeah, just every now and then insert the words. Maybe Tony Detkovich will play. Yep, and then that's Kyle right. will whisper Sicario in the background. That is a fun thing we will be doing from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> Do we anticipate uh, Bobby Woods starting again? No. Yeah, that last match probably wiped him out. <laughs> he's, he's down for another another uh, couple of weeks before we see we, him again. Hang on. I've got to ask. Do we want to talk about the club's response to him only playing 57 and a half minutes? Because we got a response. Sure. Our, our intrepid reporter got a response from somebody at the club. Is that Lucas? No, that's me. I got what? a response. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I believe this. Do we want to talk about it or do we care? Yeah, let's, I mean, let's it's not talk, that interesting. I'll paraphrase it. it. If you did the um, right work. The, the simple response is he's simply just not fit for a full game. Um, 
I asked why he's not fit because he's been here. Uh, he was on a team um, and then he was not on a team for like six weeks and now he's back on a team. So it seems like that's not enough time to like lose match fitness completely and have it take this long to get it back. Um, and the response basically is that the club and medical staff is working with Bobby at the pace that he is comfortable with. So basically Bobby's driving the train about how quickly he gets up to speed and the club is like fine with that. They're planning on keeping him long-term and they're fine with him taking all the time that he needs to get completely ready. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want any setbacks. The team doesn't want any setbacks uh, and he just doesn't feel 90 minutes fit yet. So they're not going to push him. All right. Well, yeah, good for him. Keep seeing uh, Ruby Rubin. Maybe he'll finally get another goal this weekend. Cause it's long overdue. My, my man. I mean, he almost got a goal against Vancouver. He did. He was very was close. Brilliant effort. Yeah. Yeah. Made a really good he save, should. to be fair. Yeah, it was a great save. Nothing taken away from the save because he was making some goodens, as uh, as we say. But All right. Well, should we end this, this show? Let's do it. I do. I got to go pee real bad. I, oh, before you do, one update on Dreams Unlimited International. <laughs> I, I did some legwork. It's this guy's recording, like record label, basically. What? Or his, I think, wife uh, heard like inspirational music. And I will send you guys some on Slack some links. Sounds to great. Videos. Oh, I'm Thanks, looking man. forward to this. Um, another go quick- knock on their door. <laughs> yeah, I won't do, be doing that. Um, real quick. Oh, no, wait. Okay. So I think I know the answer to this, but at the same time, that RSL is playing LA. Uh, Vancouver is hosting a home match where they are selling tickets against the Galaxy. Are you guys going to that? Going to go watch our home team before they go back Wait, to their home? is that Saturday? Yeah, it's Saturday. The game's at 8.30. RSL oh. plays... Or sorry, the game's at 8. RSL plays at 8.30. So it's not at oh. exactly the same time. Um, Interesting. I might be going to... A- out of town this weekend, a little uh, camping trip, but we will see depending on the smoke situation. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We shall see. You're talking about the smoke and haze in the valley, not the uh, yeah, which is all coming from uh, Oregon, Washington, and California. We're getting all of their smoke, and I might be going to Wash or to Wyoming, and it might oh. be hitting there a bit harder this week. Oh. So we'll see. But anyway, Ugh. it's all good. If not, um, yeah, that's I, I might be I might be going to a game. Whoa. Okay, sorry. I just saw something that said A24 recently explored a possible sale with the indie film studio floating an asking price between $2.5 and $3 billion. Can't wait to see Disney buy A24. It's going to be great. Anyway, can't wait. That's, oh, it would be so awesome. bad if Disney bought A24. Yeah, that, that, yep. that would be the worst thing in the world. Not, okay, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. There's obviously worse things. True. That'd be bad. Yeah. That would not be good. That'd be something. Yeah. All right. Well, Kyle, go enjoy your field trip and maybe I will see you on Saturday. Maybe I won't. <laughs> maybe we'll, not. We'll, we'll be we'll out. be with each other digitally along the way, regardless. And my for mom sure. still wants you guys to come over for dinner. So, okay. so. Oh yeah, we need to do that. For real. Like, yeah, um, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about Let's it. Do. That needs okay. to happen. All right. Gentlemen and listeners alike, goodbye. Goodbye. Okay,